Support for this podcast is provided by Cosmic, a Portland-based agency consisting of technologists, storytellers, and strategists who help nonprofits and B Corps quickly grow revenue and impact. Start growing your mission-driven organization with Cosmic at AmplifyPDX.com. Support for this podcast is also provided by the PDX Executive Assembly, a membership of leaders from Portland companies, led by executives from the Trailblazers, Adidas, Yakima, and more, the Assembly's curated cohorts of executives serve to accelerate leadership development and build a meaningful network of peers, free from press and sales solicitation. Join now at pdxexecutiveassembly.com. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. I love content. I consume a lot of it. I try to figure out how to do it. Uh, and my next guest, I think, is going to uh, really teach us a lot. So I'm excited to welcome Justin Dunham, who's the founder of Aircule. Hey, Justin, welcome. Hey, Dan. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here and I'm you know, excited to share some knowledge on this topic. Yeah, you bet. And I told you you know, before we record, I've been following your content and then you're just dropping knowledge. So follow Justin on LinkedIn <laughs> and, you. you know, I, I really uh, recommend subscribing to his newsletter too. So, but let's start. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about Aircule? Yeah, absolutely. So I started Aircule um, a few years ago. Um, I am very interested in content and the role that it plays. I come from uh, an open source software background, actually a lot of the work I've done there. And open source has this amazing ethos of sharing knowledge, building communities, doing all that stuff. And so that's a really big thing that all kinds of businesses can bring in terms of value to customers, in terms of value to the world is content. How do I do this? How do I do that? You know, what's, you know, how do I make decisions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have worked in finance. I love spreadsheets. I love technical stuff. I have a web dev background. Okay. Um, and most people don't. But a lot of that stuff you need to kind of know to be successful with content. It's frustrating for me to see that, to see, yeah, you know, I've got to understand Google Analytics. I've got to know the difference between a 302 and a 301 redirect. I've got to know all this arcana that Google requires. So I started Aircule to take all that stuff that I know about making content successful, about process and spreadsheets and data and SEO and all those things, and to make it available to people who just want to write and who just want to run their businesses and don't want to know, need to know all this stuff. And so I've been running it for a few years now. I've had a lot of clients, both in the Bay Area and also locally in Portland. It's awesome being part of the community here. And, you know, we're building more and more offerings every day. You know, we have our agency and our content, our newsletter, and hopefully um, some software that we'll be uh, releasing to the public a little bit later this year. So it's been an exciting time to be working in content, try to smooth it out for everybody. Yeah, and I wanna get into the evolution of your own company and to the software, and we'll get that to the back end. And like you said, it's, I think a lot of people approach content who don't have the background you have as it is more of an art, but there's so much science there's behind so it. There's so much right? science to and it. Yep. it is, I think people just throw their hands up in the air that are smaller companies that 
they don't even start because of that. So I think let's, let's define what in today's world, what is content, content marketing? Yeah, that's a great, great question. So I would say that content marketing is the belief that you can take the knowledge that you have as a company that you are building every day, that everybody at your company is, is acquiring. And that an effective way for you to get customers and prove value to customers is for you to take all that stuff that y'all have in your heads as a company and put it on the page. And that if you, or in a video or, you know, on a podcast or whatever it is, uh, we, we mostly focus on written stuff, but you know, all these other things are important too. And that if you do that in the right ways, you can prove value to people and you can attract the right kinds of customers by making that investment. That's really what content marketing is as a strategy, as a channel, as a tactic. Attract customers. I want to drill down on that because that's yeah. that focus. It is trust, right? I yeah. think, you know, and I, I think I'm sure you, when you work with clients, it, it, it's kind of hard because this is a little bit of a long tail thing, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of coaching a little bit, maybe, I don't know if that's the right word, but just when folks come to you and you explain that to them and know that this is a strategy, this is going to be, you know, a roadmap and everything. How do you get buy-in from folks that versus why don't I just put some paid ads on? I don't want customers (laughs) next month. Right, right. You know, I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit. So I think it's great. Yeah. So we, if, if a customer comes to us and says, we want customers next month, then yeah, like paid is the way for that customer to go. And, you know, we'll sometimes work with clients and other things like paid. We have also folks who refer them to. So that's not what content marketing is about. Um, But here's the problem with paid. There's a bunch of problems. It's a great tactic. It's a great even strategy. A lot of great companies have been built on paid. Absolutely. There's a few problems with it. Number one, it's super expensive. Just to make that investment with paid you're not looking at, well, I can put a few hundred bucks on Google ads and see what sticks. Uh, customers we work with, clients we work with who are successful and paid, they're going to start out at five or 10K a month and they're going to scale up from there to 50, 100 and you know, up, 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 up from there. So that's number one with paid is it, it's not cheap. It's not a way around all this stuff. Number two is paid requires almost as much thought and effort as content marketing does. If I go into Google ads, I have to understand what my keywords are that people are going to be searching for, which is the same work I would have to do if I were doing SEO. I'm going to have to write great ad copy. I'm going to have to refresh that copy. I'm going to have to understand all the technical aspects of the platform. If I go on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn and I'm advertising there, it's expensive. And you also have to understand the audience really well. You have to set up conversion tracking. So none of this is to say that paid is a bad channel. If you need customers tomorrow and you have money for them, great, you could make the investment, but all of that stuff takes time, is expensive. And then the third thing about paid is that once you turn off the spigot, that's it. You don't get any more customers that way. You better hope that you've developed, you know, your pipeline. Whereas with organic and with content, you write it once, it lives on your site, it can perform better over time. In fact, it usually does perform Mm -hmm. better over time. Um, so that's, you know, I wouldn't say that we get buy-in in in that sense because we rarely engage clients where we need to convince them that they need to do this. Usually the clients that we 
bring in are folks who are attracted by what we're saying, because we're big believers in that, mm-hmm. are already making investments in content and not seeing it work and not seeing rankings or traffic or conversions. Um, or they're early and they're trying to figure out like what investments should they even make, in which case we can help them structure that and think about it. Thanks for breaking that down. I, I think it's so important. And I, you know, they're both important in kind of the mix, uh, yeah. you know, potentially depending on what your company is. So, uh, you know, I hate top five lists, but I think this is helpful <laughs> not to put you on the spot, Justin, yeah. but maybe what are some of the top five things folks, companies do wrong in content? Uh, mm. I'm not calling anybody out, but just, they come sure. to you like, yeah, we've been trying content for a while and you just kind of cringe and, and, and see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the number one thing, um, there, there's a lot of things I could list. I'll try to mix, I'll try to mix some things up. So not necessarily order, but we'll do top okay. five. Number one thing is not doing the work to really have a strategy and understand the audience. The way we see a lot of companies do content marketing is they write what they think is interesting. The CEO of the company says, you know, I want to write an article about this thing. And the CEO writes an article and that's great. But that's typically not how it works. You really need to take your content and make sure it is going to connect with people. Like you understand your audience, you understand the jobs that they're trying to do and how your content helps them do those jobs. So that's, that's one thing. Another thing we see, uh, as a thing that, that people don't do is they, they don't think about the audience. They don't think about how, just how much they, they think about creating content. Uh, we did a survey recently. We had about a hundred people respond, content marketers. And we said, what are the most important parts of your job? And something like 60 or 70% of the people said, oh, the most important part of my job as a content marketer is to write content. And that is not accurate. Writing content is super important. And we work with clients on what to write and why. And we do all the research and the strategy and we help them uh, support them in that process. But once you have written a piece of content, you need to distribute it on other channels. So you'll see that when you follow me on LinkedIn, I am constantly posting about different things that we might talk about in our newsletter. And the newsletter is just repurposing articles that we write. And, you know, we are sending that on other channels and we're turning into videos and doing other things like that. So just to really break that down, here's how when we deliver an outline or content brief to a client, what we say is, here's what you should write. We think it will rank because we did all the work and each header in here needs to be a bunch of social posts. And this section needs to become a webinar. Mm. So that's number two, is thinking that I'll write the article and I'll be done. And number three, related to that, I think, is just spreading yourself too thin. I'd way rather have, if I were at a small company, if I could only write one article a month, here's what I would do. I would do some real research. I would talk to some customers. I would say, what is what is the guide that you need? What are you really wondering about? And mm. I would really focus on hitting all the things that those customers, that that audience wants. I would post it on my site. I would hope that we could rank for that. Aircule, for example, uh, we're on page one for keyword strategy, which is a super competitive term. All SEOs are trying to rank for, we're on page one for it because we wrote this guide about it. And then I would take that guide and I'd be using it in sales conversations. I'd be using it on LinkedIn, posting a couple times a week. I'd be using it you know, asking customers and, you know, advisors, other people to, you know, talk about it themselves and distribute in other ways. So that's what I would do. It's, it's that people spread themselves too thin. That's number three. They say, we're going to write 10 blogs. No, 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 just write one 
really excellent long blog post and distribute it everywhere and talk about it and turn it into a webinar, send it to your customers, use it in email. That's three. <laughs> uh, four and five, I'll try to get a little bit more tactical. Four is people don't think about conversion. So when people land on this article, you need to have an offer that makes sense to somebody reading this article. So if I'm running a business mm. that sells accounting software and I write a guide to choosing accounting software, let's say I write a guide to double entry bookkeeping. My CTA needs to answer the question, here's how we can help you more. So we have the guide, guide to double entry bookkeeping. And then the call to action should be, our accounting software helps people keep track of their books, sign up. I mean, that's a terrible, I would never write that, but you get the general idea. So <laughs> yeah. that's number four. It's how can we help is a, con is a question you constantly need to be asking. And you're probably asking yourself that as a business person anyway. Number five, and I'll make this one real tactical, okay. is just to mix it up a little bit. Uh, number one mistake we see from a technical perspective is misuse of images. So people tend to use a lot of stock photos that don't add anything. Um, they put photos at the very top so that people have to scroll through to get to the actual right. content of the article. Yeah. They put up huge photos that, you know, their designer, you know, created a mural or some giant, you know, exported some file from Photoshop or whatever. They put it on the site and then the site loads slowly and that hurts you uh, in mm. rank and traffic and user experience. So talked about all this other stuff about strategy and, you know, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. You want to be focused. You know, you need to think about yeah. all this stuff the right way and think about how it can help. But also there's a really simple technical stuff and just make sure you have a good site experience and images are the number one place that we see people. That I didn't, I think you posted about this on LinkedIn or something I saw and it's kind of counterintuitive, uh, yeah. but it, now that you're breaking it down, it makes sense. And it's almost like, let's start minimalist first and really focus. Right. Uh, and exactly. I am so, guilty of that and other stuff I've <laughs> done. And yeah. I think that getting back to just repurposing things mm -hmm. and creating really great content in first is mm -hmm. a great reminder for folks because yep. it's just in our world today, it's all, it's just like more, 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 just inundated with, uh, you know, do this, do that, don't do that. And it's just like exhausting, it's right? Yep. It's, it's exactly. And I would say, you know, you asked me before for a definition of what content marketing is. Uh, and I gave you, you know, I yeah. sort of said, here's, here's what it is in terms of beliefs. But I think it's also kind of a, an ethos or a way of thinking, which is the job of marketing is to help. And so how can we help? Well, we can write this guide, we can create this content, we can have the right, and we can link that to how our product helps. Mm. Um, and when you get bigger, you know, you can, we have clients who have, you know, five or 10 writers and can produce hundred posts a month or something yeah. like that. And I, that volume stuff can work. All that stuff is still going to be pretty high quality. But yeah. when you're just starting out, just do one thing a month and get it in front of the right people. And then the, if you want to do paid ads, do paid ads. But all of marketing is competitive, requires a lot of investment. There's no way around that. No way around that. I think that is a great uh, thing to kind of beat into the ground too, because, you know, I think there are some folks that not are in marketing, it's, you're not convincing them. They don't get hmm. the investment needed, uh, right. you know, obviously from the dollar part of it, but just the strategy and time, it's just like, go get me customers. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. it's, it's super hard. So I, I want to dig into your business a little bit because all the things sure. you're, you're talking about, I, I know is you have to have folks like yourself, very knowledgeable. It's, you, you know, consulting, but the evolution of this, it sounds like is going to 
more software solutions to help companies. So I know you're working on that, but just talk about that in general, like what's going yeah. on in that world and where is that space going? Yeah, that, um, and do you mean uh, sort of where content marketing software is going or our company in particular? I think both. Let's like mm -hmm. talk about content marketing software, uh, mm -hmm. how it's helping or you your vision to see how it can help. And then yeah. whether you wanna share what you're developing sure. or not, it's up to you. Yeah, but, yeah, for yeah. sure. So um, yeah, I think software, uh, mar marketing technology software is very interesting. I have, you know, this background that finance and I've worked in marketing ops and I understand the whole layout pretty well. When MarTech started as a category, right, 10, 20 years ago, you had, you know, dozens of vendors or hundreds. And now I think the number is there's something like 50,000 wow. MarTech vendors or 25. It's a huge number. There's a guy who wow. does a big chart on it. Um, and uh, it's, it's huge. I, I, I might be exaggerating, but probably not that much. Um, yeah, probably not that so, much. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of software. Um, and people think that, you know, you can just use software to solve the problem. Um, and also tends not to be the case, which is, you know, why we, when we work with clients directly, we use software, we also use spreadsheets and process is really the key to the whole thing. And there's a lot of this stuff out there and people don't know how to use it. And one thing that a lot of software doesn't do in particular is it doesn't help you understand what to do next. Mm. It solves a lot of problems um, around, okay, I want to send emails to this group of people. I want to segment this list that way. Mm -hmm. I want to do personalization on my website, whatever. I mean, there's so much out there, um, but it doesn't help people understand what they should actually do. So that's something that, you know, we think is kind of interesting and, and I'll come back to that in a second. Okay. Another thing that we've noticed about content marketing software that's sort of designed for writers and uh, people who are working on content is a lot of it tends to be very, very um, technical, difficult to use, uh, bad user experience. So um, when I think about the SEO sort of space, just as an example, as part of what we do, you know, there's Moz, there's SEMrush or SEMrush, as people call it. And these are these sprawling pieces of software that, you know, are just, where do I even begin? Google Analytics is slow, it's inaccurate. People hate spending time in it. We did that survey. What's the most annoying thing about your job? Number one thing was content analytics and using wow. you know Google Analytics, stuff like that. So people hate it. I mean, it's very useful. Well, it's sure. Experience. <laughs> so um, those are some, some things that we have noticed. Um, mm. And, you know, I think in terms of where general marketing technology is going, playbooks, recommendations, things like that are places we see it going. It, the user experience has gotten a lot better. I compare a tool like Marketo, which looks like it was, you know, not to throw too much shade on Marketo, but it looks like the UI was designed in 1993. And, oh you know, yeah, and, you know, well, and it may, it may very well have been, <laughs> yeah. but you have other tools that are kind of coming out. Even HubSpot has made, you know, massive improvements there. So anyway, that's something that we've noticed is it's getting easier mm -hmm. to use, getting better, uh, but there's still so much of it out there. And I, I would just say to folks listening to this podcast, you know, just like throwing money at ads is not going to solve your problem. Signing up for, you know, marketing automation or anything else is not by itself going to solve your problem. You got to staff it. In terms of what we're doing, we've noticed this big gap and, you know, we love working with clients. We've created a ton of value for a lot of names, especially in tech and B2B and databases, infrastructure, things like that. And we use a lot of process. We go a lot faster than most other agencies in terms of time to value. But we can't scale um, in the way that we would want to. 
we really want, our mission is to make content marketing accessible and easier, if not easy, for everybody who has to touch and write content. That's our mission. And as an agency, there's no way we're going to be able to hire enough people to do that, sure. even though we're growing. And so, so for us, it's like, what are the other avenues that we can explore? And a really obvious avenue is we can build software that has good user experience that helps people understand what to do. And basically what the very first version of the software does is it acts as, it uses Google Analytics data, but acts as a high level replacement for Google Analytics hmm. that is fast, that's easy to use, and that's really focused on how is my content performing and what should I do next? So hmm. what the software doesn't have is I'm going to go to into, you know, Google Analytics. I'm going to slice and dice this eight different ways. I'm going to see that 17% of my traffic was from Croatia last month, and that's down from 16% a year ago. It doesn't do any of that. But what it does do is show me the performance of everything I wrote related to, you know, double entry bookkeeping, for example. Okay. Yeah. And it shows you that immediately. There's no waiting and you, you can kind of see it. What it also does is you go in and we bucket all of your content and we say, Here's the stuff that is performing really well. Here's the stuff that's not performing well in terms of it. Here's the stuff that has lots of traffic, but low engagement. Here's the stuff that has no traffic, but really high engagement. And then we tell, we bucket that all out and we tell you, okay, for this group, you should do this. 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 Because one major thing that people don't do, adding a number six to my top five, yeah. is they don't go back and revisit old content. Yeah. So we 100%. help people do that. You know, this isn't 19, you know, 93 where I published a flyer and I put something in a magazine and I can't edit it again. This is digital. So we can go back and if something's not working, we can revise it. And that's mm. a huge mindset shift that most people need to make. I didn't include it in my top five because it's more of a broader theme. But sure. if something's not working, you can, if it's written, Go back and revise it. If you want to write something new, use something old. And so our software helps people identify and gives people those opportunities and really calls those out um, because that's a big shift that we would like to see happen. Well, I want to just talk about your company because I, I see that being so valuable. And we have a mutual friend that I've talked about. He's telling yeah. me about kind of your your journey because you had doing what you do now. I mean, you're, you're successful and, uh, you know, you start with kind of consulting practice. But just for you making that shift, it sounds like because of the scale issue is important. Yeah. But, but you're also, that means running a software company versus yeah. what you're doing now. So how right. how do you, just as a person who owns a business, make making that mindset shift, you know, are you excited for it or kind of like, do I want to run a software company? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I've got some time. I've got some time. Okay. I think that's number one. We're, we're going to hopefully, um, you know, be going public with the beta a little bit later this year. Okay. And one of the things I said right out of the gate is marketing takes time. Building trust in an audience takes time. And that's going to be no different with the software. You know, mm. I would love to release the public beta and have, you know, a million users on day one. Mm. And I, I'm sure we'll have a lot of interest because we have an audience and a lot mm. of people have expressed interest. But, you know, it's like going to the gym. You know, people are like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and I don't want to I don't want to get ripped on day one. I'm really worried <laughs> about that. I, don't worry. That never happens. Yeah, totally. totally, totally. Um, so, um so we've got some time to think it through, but it is exciting to be fulfilling the mission. And, you know, I'm going to be continuing to run the agency and work with clients for quite a long time to come because that experience is at the heart of what we're trying to do 
mm-hmm. as a software company. And so, mm-hmm. so what I've noticed is that we've invested more time in hiring people or contracting people to help with the software side. And we've, I personally have been actually a little bit more focused on clients because I really want to make sure that what we're building meets yeah. the needs that they have. Um, but it's, you know, it's exciting and interesting. And, you know, um, I try to just think a, think a month out, you know, and just ride the wave of this month we did this, this month we did that, and we'll see what happens. If I start thinking a year out, and I started thinking, oh, I'm going to be running a software company a year from now. Then I start to get overwhelmed. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right that. have to do that. <laughs> well, I, Justin, I really appreciate you just, like I said, really dropping knowledge. One, I'm going to ask for one more top five. Uh, yeah, please. <laughs> what are the, the top five kind of industries or b- types of businesses you think are just not really taking advantage of content marketing where you see so many value, so much wow, value that's- that could be? Yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great question. Um, hmm. I think, Not to put um, you on the spot. I'm totally no, putting you on the spot a couple of days. So I appreciate no, that. No, that's <laughs> that. No, no problem. Um, I think, um, and, and I'll, I'll try not to, um, break things up too much or, or break things out too much, but you know, I think a lot about tech companies and I see a lot of tech companies and I'll, I'll sort of, you know, use up a few of my slots. Okay. Security is a big one of them. Uh, it's a big one. So anything around um, cybersecurity, compliance, stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I see very few companies in that space doing a good job, which is a shame because um, a lot of contributors within organizations are trying to, and a lot of smaller companies are trying to understand how to fortify their security posture and they're looking for solutions out there. Um, And, you know, it's, it's hard. We have a lot of security companies come to us and Within those companies, there's really a very strong engineering culture. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, content, community, all that stuff is a lot harder. So that's that's a big one. I would say uh, another one is um, we see uh, a lot of just sort of database infrastructure type companies. Same exact reason. Very strong engineering cultures in those companies and just not really wanting to invest the time in doing that. We're seeing a little bit of shift there. We have a few clients right now, especially in like the Kubernetes space, mm-hmm. um, who are starting to do more around that. But, you know, and writing out that content is super expensive and difficult. So I would say that's that's the second one that we see a lot in terms of um, uh, questions and, and um, areas of opportunity. Um, I would okay. say a third one is actually nonprofits. And uh, we're working pro bono with a couple of nonprofits right now. And I think the bottleneck there is number one, just thinking about content and content marketing, not as something that is, you know, produce one thing and make it work for everybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. But they're thinking about it more as like, oh, well, isn't content marketing where I do one thing and I hope it ranks in Google and I hope I get conversions. I don't have the money to invest in that. I don't have the time. That's not what it is, but people think about it that way. So that seems to be, um, there's a big opportunity there. I'd say in terms of other companies, you know, there, there are not, there's not a lot that's sort of jumping out right now. Yeah. I will say we've had a couple of clients over the years who have been um, uh, producers of sort of uh, industrial infrastructure, you know, machines, factory, automation, stuff like that. That that can be a very interesting area, but we, you know, haven't, we, we've seen a few clients come in like that. have had a lot of opportunity. And again, just the distance from marketing is so big. Where we yeah. haven't seen companies have as much problem is take advantage of it as much as companies that 
work on web tooling and work on, you know, marketing software mm-hmm. and work at customer service sometimes, you know. Uh, those are companies that we're able to create a lot of value for them, but we don't find that they are starting from zero in that way. And I would say yeah. that, you know, the the real question in terms of where do we see companies that are not taking advantage, every company certainly that we've worked with has room to improve. It's an incredibly valuable marketing channel if you're doing it the right way. Um, every company is creating content in some way, and it's just a question of making it so that it works for you. Right. And, um, you know, so the, so there's opportunity for everybody, but, you know, there's just a question of some op, uh, some op, uh, industries, you know, are, are more attuned to it right now than others, but, you know, mm-hmm. everybody I think is going to get there. Yeah. No, thanks for that, Justin. So where can people find more uh, about Aircule and you? Where yeah. can they follow you? Yeah. Uh, so uh, check me out on LinkedIn as, you know, I'm posting there all the time, spending a huge amount of time on LinkedIn posting, trying to share what I'm learning with everybody. Justin Dunham, D-U-N as in Nancy, H-A-M as in Mary. Follow me. That's a great place. And then our, our website is at aircule.co. That's E-R-C-U-L-E.co, named after a uh, famous detective, as we discussed. And uh, there you can subscribe to our newsletter. You can reach out to us if you want to work together. I'm you know, always happy to have a consult with people just to help you think about what you're doing. It's our Again, our mission is really to simplify and make all this content marketing stuff a little bit more accessible. So always happy to take advantage of any opportunity we get to do that. Thanks so much, Justin. All right, thanks a lot, Dan. Good to talk. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.